Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. So what's going to happen today? That is a great question. Uh, good day, friends. As we record this podcast, uh, we know that there is an announcement from Premier Doug Ford today at 1 o'clock, question mark, um, <laughs> about what's going to happen with schools. And we know the rumors. We've heard the rumors is that, and that is, in case you guys don't know by now, that schools will likely remain closed and they will just open for next school year in September. That will be that. But a bit of a compromise for those who really want those businesses to kind of get fast-tracked and that they might get a little bit fast-tracked. Cat, it's another national embarrassment if they don't reopen these schools. <laughs> There's... Uh... Uh, the science table, the education minister, the chief medical officer of health, the list goes on and on and on of people who have stood up and said, schools are safe. Schools are safe. Schools should be the last things to close and the first things to open. And today, Doug Ford is going to trot out there and basically slap Stephen Lecce across the face. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. He has multiple times taken his own education minister and bitch slapped him on TV. We all remember the fiasco back when schools did close. Remember Stephen Lecce said, we're not closing the schools. And then he doubled down on it with a letter that he put out on the Sunday. The very next day, Doug came out and said, yeah, we're closing the schools. We haven't heard a lot from Stephen Lecce since then, other than in the house where he stands up every single day and says, schools are safe, safe schools. This is great. Yeah, that's good. We'll get them back as soon as we can. Well, I mean, now we can. The numbers are low. The modeling data says it could create a 10% uptick in new cases. I mean, if they're safe, I don't know why there would be a 10% uptick in new cases, but whatever. I mean, I guess the scientists have figured that out. Regardless, a 10% uptick would be 69 more cases. Right. Am, am I crazy or is that kind of a negligible number? If we had 699 new cases yesterday, our lowest daily number since October 2020, by the way, is 69 cases really going to break the bank? Well, I mean... <laughs> It's hard to say because, yeah, that's modeling numbers, which we know are never completely accurate. Um, And it's yeah, I mean, we have to really understand that if we we do do open up schools, we know that apparently is it still 40 percent of teachers that have been that have had their first shot? Well, I mean, they Doug said only 40 percent of teachers are vaccinated. I still find that number very unbelievable. If almost 70 percent of the regular population is vaccinated, how is only 40 percent of the teachers vaccinated? I I don't buy that number. Look, I mean, the truth is, like, I understand that some people hate hate this um, if this is the announcement. So let's say that they that that's the case. Okay, so no schools in class until September. I know there's going to be some people that hate it, but Scott, to be fair, there's going to be some people that prefer it this way, just to be safe, that don't want that uptick, that don't want to have to worry about the cases. Um, I mean, Tyler on my Facebook page, when I posted about this inevitable announcement, says as a teacher in the trenches, he says, I see both sides of the coin. There are great reasons for kids to go back, great reasons to keep them home until September. And in my opinion, it makes more sense on the long term to finish the school year at home. Let's get the COVID numbers down so we can look forward to some degree of normalcy in the summer and beyond. And of course, you'll have people that'll disagree and say, are you for real? Some teachers begging to go back, some parents begging for their kids to go back, um, whether that it's because they need a break, basically, or because they truly do miss the social aspect. 
I just will feel really bad for those, especially who are in a transitional year, who are ending high school this way. I mean, that fucking sucks, man. If yep. you're ending high school, or maybe you're about to go to, into high school, right? And you're a- ending elementary school this year. I mean, I really do feel for those people because you don't get that kind of closure. And, and it is a big deal because I remember those days. I remember my grade eight grad and I remember my high school grad. And I remember those times and the saying goodbye and the signing of the yearbooks and all that shit goes out the window this year. And it did last year as well, to be fair. But it sucks that we have to do this year all over again. I, I've said this before. I, I really feel that all common sense has gone out the window. Uh, Tyler, if you really are a teacher in the trenches, then I'm sure you'll agree with me that uh, parents should make this decision. Not Doug, not the teachers, not the union. It it should be up to parents, and there's no reason that schools should be closed. We're the only province in the country that has schools closed. The only one. And, And I get that there's a very powerful lobby saying, no, keep the schools closed. It's bullshit. It they didn't do the HVAC upgrades. I don't know how quickly you guys think an HVAC project can get done at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of schools, but it wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, the reality is we did send kids back to school in the fall, and that went relatively well. I know shit went sideways back in February when our numbers started rising again, the beginning of the third wave. But I mean, it really wasn't that big a deal in the fall. Things, for the most part, went OK. And I just think that parents should have that choice. You know, I'm you mentioned the people that are graduating the transitional years. I'm thinking about other transitional years for the kids who are in first or second grade this year. This is a goddamn farce. Distance learning was such a joke. It wasn't done properly. Most kids didn't get anything out of it. It was just a just a gong show. Mm-hmm. But I'm also thinking about those kids who are making the transition in the next year or two to high school, those intermediate grades, the seven and eights, because fuck me, you guys are going to be so far behind. It is crazy. I mean, the amount of catch up that needs to be played and not that I think sending kids back for a couple of weeks in June is going to repair the damage that's been done. But I do think that some of the best memories that people have of schools happen in June. Some of the best experiences you had, some of the summer friendships that you formed, some of the the life experiences that you've had happened in June. And let's be honest, report cards need to get submitted to the administrators in the next few days. I believe it's the end of this week or the beginning of next week. Most boards say teachers have to have the uh, report cards in so that they can get reviewed and then get distributed at the end of the year. Maybe there's one more week. If we stay on distance learning with schools closed, we're done school at the end of this week. There's just no point in carrying on with this distance learning and keeping your kids in front of a screen for eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. Debatable. Uh, There's just no point in doing it. So once those report cards get submitted, they might as well just call the year. Because there's actually nothing in it for the students, and we're just wasting teachers' time. It's the social aspect. I mean, you said it. You're absolutely right. We remember June for the social aspect. We don't remember June because we were so pumped to have any kind of test. We don't remember June from sitting in classes learning about things. That's not what June was ever about in school, especially in those years that you that you had mentioned as well, in those like six, seven, eight. You're just excited to be with your friends. But that said, Scott, I mean... You can still find a way to be social with your friends. And maybe that means that you're not really abiding by the rules. But you don't think that people have done that anyway? I see groups of kids 
all over my neighborhood hanging out together in those exact age groups. They're not missing out on the social aspect if they don't want to. And I'm sure in a lot of cases, parents are saying, fuck it, go see your friends. Because I'm seeing it happen on my own street, and I see it happen down a street, and I see it happen everywhere. I can look out my window and see kids hanging out and still getting that social aspect. Is it the exact same as in a school setting? No, but they're still finding ways to be social and see each other. Of, of course it sucks, uh, but they'll, fi- they'll find a way, even if school is not going to happen. So what was it, April 18th, schools closed, or was it sooner than that? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I lost track. <laughs> In any, because we had spring break in April as well. So there was the spring break, plus then there was the closure right after that. So what is that? Four months with schools closed, plus they were closed in January. Five months that schools will have been closed between Christmas last year and September. Five months. They were only actually back in for February and March. Can you imagine that between the first of the year? And the start of the next school year, kids were only in school for less than two months. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. Uh, And I know that friends are seeing friends and so on and so forth. But I do think that there's a lot to be said for having that class dynamic. You know, for the same reason that uh, you don't just celebrate your graduation with your immediate friends. You celebrate it as a class. There's a lot that could be done socially for mental health, for fitness. I mean, kids aren't getting their DPE or DPA, that daily physical activity right. online. They sure as shit aren't. I mean, for so many different reasons that the doctors at Sick Kids and the science table and the education minister and everyone else have all said all along, the kids should be in school. And I don't disagree with them, but I do think that parents should have a choice in the same way that there's probably hundreds of thousands of kids that the day they find out their report card has been submitted and there's no more impact on their grades, they're done for the year. Just call it what it is. School's over at the end of the week if we stay distance learning. And I also think that there's a lot to be said for even building routines for September. Because as much as people would like to think, oh, we just got to get through this. Oh, now we're vaccinating the 12-year-olds. It's great. It's not going to be over. Kids are still going to be wearing masks in September. Mm -hmm. If your argument against sending them back right now is that I don't want my kids sitting with a mask on and no air conditioning, they're going to do it in September anyway. They really will. I mean, eight hours of less screen time right now would probably be amazing for some kids whose parents are comfortable enough to send them. What I don't understand is why we can't have both. Why can't we have schools open for parents who want to send them and reopen businesses? We did what Dr. David Williams wanted. We had to get the cases under a thousand. They're under a thousand. We're, we're getting October level cases now, six ninety nine, and there's no reason to think today will be any different. Although those numbers are about half an hour away, I don't understand why there wasn't the ability to do both like we did in the fall. Yeah, they, the only thing that I can think of, Scott, is that the Ford government doesn't want to take any more risks of any. Us even assuming that because of this, because this decision for kids to go back in class, if let's say that they decided it, that was the spreader of the fourth. That was what begun the fourth wave. I think they're so worried about another negative narrative, even though there's a lot going on for the opposite choice, uh, for the opposite decision. I think they're too worried about what could possibly happen. And they are crunching the numbers and looking at the numbers and going, I'm too, I'm too scared shitless of this to happen, but I'm not as scared because people are going to be angry about this. That's the only thing I can think of is that they're picking the least shittiest out of some shitty decisions. 
I just don't know how many times Doug Ford can line up and kick families in the face. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) You know, it's one thing to shut down the schools, to have them open two months out of seven. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to do that. Well, then just you wait because maybe there's going to be financial compensation coming your way, parents, before this. We know it's been hard, parents. We know it's been rough, but we'll get you a little more money. How's that? Do a you little see shut something up money? Like, do you see something like that happening? I don't know. That, you know, if he sends them even more money without checking that it's going to the people who need it, then I'm going to be livid. I'm sorry, but I will. That's what they do, though. I mean, that is exactly what they have done. I, it's it's I shut know. up money, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, just shut up. Here's a check for a couple hundred yeah, bucks. I mean, we've Fuck talked off. about it. It's about the federal money is one that really gets me too. the more recent federal money, because that's a lot. It's a it's a lot. Now, it's only for kids under six because those are the only ones that cost money, obviously. But that's I mean, it's absolute hush money is what I like to call it. And when Sean Desmond was on our podcast, he felt the same way about it. And he's got young kids. So he benefited from the money just as well as I did. And we still didn't like it. So I can't even imagine the parents who don't even get to benefit from some of this money going, what the fuck? Like, I've been through the ringer here. What is going on? You know, I mean, the the federal money was just a slap in the face, only for parents with kids under six. Like, go fuck yourself. And you know, like, I, I wondered, by the way, about that. Just a side note. I wondered, maybe there's cash, a cash infusion coming for the kids between 7 and 12 or something, and then there's going to be 12 to 18. But why wouldn't they announce that ahead of time if there was, right? So it likely is just what it is. I don't know that it is going to be. But it, when it comes to the province... If they close the schools, like we're fully expecting they're going to do, or if they keep them closed. So that is kids not in school, an absolute joke of distance learning, and they won't even let them play sports. No sports. How many fucking times can you beat these families over the head, Doug? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they had to fight you in the media to open the splash pads. (laughs) What the fuck? It seems like Doug Ford has sees no electoral benefit in families. You know, that's normally safe territory for a conservative government. We're the party of families. We're the party who's going to stand up for you. Doug, what the fuck are you doing? Close schools and kids sports. You got to be joking me. They had to fight you to get splash pads open. I mean, fuck. And it's just, it's so unnecessary when we could do both. And the trade-off, like you mentioned at the beginning here, is that, okay, well, we won't reopen the schools, but we'll start step one now. In case nobody's looked, we're 12 days away from step one anyway. And he wouldn't start it until this weekend. Okay, so for the sake of eight days on a patio, they're going to close schools? I don't know if that is necessarily a fair trade-off, but I do certainly understand, and I have since the beginning. There are businesses that are hanging on by their fingernails, and they need to be able to open. And that goes back to my other question is, why can't we do both? It's unsafe to do school, but you could do school if it was happening on a bar patio. I mean, it's weird. It's a really, really weird dynamic. And, And opening patios is fine, but let's be honest, what's in step one? Doesn't go nearly far enough. We did, like Dr. Williams wanted, keep our nu- or get our numbers under 1,000 cases a day. It's been that way two days in a row now, probably three after today. 70% of the population has had at least one shot. And maybe that's the difference maker here. We were fine in the fall. 
We had a shitty February and March. Now we've got a lot more people vaccinated. Literally millions have got one shot. It's a very low risk, high reward situation to open schools for the next few weeks. Now, where it's not high reward is politically, because that will lead to a mutiny, anarchy with the teachers unions, because the teachers unions have made their position clear that they want to keep schools closed. Okay, that's fine. I mean, they have their own agenda. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But either way, there's a lot of families that are thinking to themselves, thanks for reopening my job, but now I can't go there because there's no school next week or the week after or the week after. It's just a strange thing to me when the mantra was schools are the last to close and the first to open, that schools will stay closed indefinitely, but we're going to start step one eight days early, seven days early. It doesn't make sense to me. I Maybe I'm missing something here. I do see the benefit of them going back. Um, when it does come to those patios reopening, though, and that's basically all that is going to reopen. It's not much, guys. The hair salons and stuff like that, they still have to stay closed. I guess the benefit to them is if we start step one early, then we would get to step two a little sooner. It would actually happen right around the Canada Day long weekend, right. not right after the Canada Day long weekend. So we could have both. We could have these businesses open. We've done it before. We can do it again just with basic common sense protocols in place. And if you think that uh, COVID won't spread because a store has got 15% capacity instead of 25% capacity, then we're really just splitting hairs here, guys. I mean, well, and look shit. at the and, and look how it is now. Like it, that doesn't even matter how it is now with during our how it was during the stay at home order. You still had a lot of people gathered in one spot, even with masks on. Fine. But you still had your Costco's and Walmart's just packed with fucking people. You know, I don't think that makes a big difference, whether it's an essential shop or a non-essential shop with the protocols in place. It should be fine. You know, let's let's move along here. I think honestly, I think we should go right to step two right now. I really I do. totally just agree based on you. the numbers. Let's go right to number two. Let some kids play the fuck play sports, please, for the love of God. So at least they have a mix of a social aspect and physical activity. All the things that you mentioned that are so important. Like, and let's go with opening some of these businesses and getting money back into the pocket of these uh, of these people who have just been fucking shit on for the last year and a half. It's totally it's unbelievable. It can they can, they can make it work safely, and we know this. So I don't get it. Just push your fucking three step plans garbage. Just go right to step two. We were open at this time last year. Yeah, we were. When we got into June, we were reopening yep. already. And we're worse off this year than we were last year. Yeah. Uh, one other thing on this before we move on to a couple other quick topics, and this is going to be a fairly quick one today, guys. Um, if Doug comes out there today and says schools will remain closed and the education minister is coming out there with him, he has to fire Stephen Lecce. He has to. Why? Because he can't have the education minister who's been saying all along, schools are safe, schools are safe, they're the last to close, they'll be the first to open, blah, blah, blah. And then again, publicly contradict him by saying, nah, it's just not the right time, it's not safe, we're not going to uh, reopen schools, forget it, school's done. He can't have both. What is the new medical officer of health there say about schools reopening because if, if that's your thought on it then don't then doug should be fucking fired for not li- following the science because all the doctors are saying it's fucking fine 
Yeah, I agree with you. Somebody needs to go. You can't have both. You can't have an education minister insisting that schools are safe and then a premier saying, nah, it's too dangerous to, to open them. Only one of those things can be true. They're either safe or they're not safe. So somebody's got to go. And I think it's got to be Stephen Lecce. If the schools don't reopen, he's got to fire the education minister. And there's no shortage of rumors circulating that a cabinet shuffle is coming because, for those who haven't noticed, today marks one year Mm -hmm. until the provincial election. That's right. We will be casting our ballots a year today. And you know how much can change and happen in a year. I mean, you and sure. I had had similar conversations, or actually we were happy this time of year last year because things were reopening. You're right. It was uh, right around this time. Finally, we had uh, all the non-essential shops able to open their doors again. I think like full-blown like malls could be open again, just strict capacity limits. And everyone was pretty happy. We all know what happened in the last year. So, I mean, God knows what's going to happen in this upcoming year. Before June 2nd, 2022, when we cast those ballots. I mean, God, we should save this podcast because it's either going to be a fucking gong show or we're going to be like, finally, things got better. Everything's good. I, I don't know. I mean, either way, remember everything that happened and don't forget it and keep remembering remember it. everything, everything. If it's made you upset, if you've been frustrated, the only problem, Scott, is there's fucking everyone is running unless something pops up out of nowhere is just shit. So I don't know what to do. Oh, I mean, if your choices are Doug, Andrea Horvath, or Stephen Del fucking Duca, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be voting green next year. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, if the election were held today, I'd have no other choice. Uh, I did say this on Twitter yesterday, and it got a fair bit of response. Some good, some bad. But the biggest tragedy in this whole thing is we've lost democracy. We elect local members of provincial parliament. And whichever party has the most local members of provincial parliament forms government. We didn't vote for Doug Ford. Unless you live in Doug's riding, you didn't vote for Doug. You voted for your local representative. And they have gone completely silent. Where are the Ontario progressive conservative members of provincial parliament? We see Christine out there every day. Usually Sylvia Jones. Sometimes Doug Ford. Where are the rest of them? The ones that aren't in cabinet because they won't say a thing. They're tweeting whatever they're told to tweet from the premier's office. They're not commenting on anything. And I don't know if I should take that to mean my local member agrees with Doug or disagrees with Doug, but doesn't want to disagree publicly. But I would like to have some sense of how my local member of provincial parliament feels. And I can't get an answer on that. Most people can't get an answer on it Mm. because they're not allowed to say or they refuse to say. And that is nothing to do with the pandemic. It's 100% political. And I mean, a lot's going to happen in the next year. Like you said, Kat, a cabinet shuffle is highly overdue. And I just don't see how they can close schools but still keep Stephen Lecce as the education minister. So I have to think that he's probably going to get fired or moved out or something. But it's going to be an interesting few months, and we will wait for Doug's announcement at one-ish today. Uh, A couple other quick things. We talked about uh, Keynes with Justin Trudeau and his Frisbee incident on the weekend. Sprained his ankle, so he's walking with a cane. We talked about dinosaurs because you suggested that he needs a good cane, like something badass, like the one in Jurassic Park. Hell yeah. With the dinosaur DNA in it, right? Yeah. I want to thank Tara, who pointed this out by DM. 
I didn't even know, but wow, what are the odds of this? As we were talking about that yesterday, it was International Dinosaur Day. That is so so cool. Yeah, they did a little bit of uh, a study here, and they wanted to ask people some quick questions about dinosaurs, and they found some rather odd anomalies. One in five adults, 20% of adults think dinosaurs were still roaming the earth in large numbers 100 years ago. A (laughs) hundred? Like, do you think they were working for the Nazis, or what do you think was going on here? Because 100 years ago, we were in a world war. Where? What? A hundred years ago was not that long ago, guys. Are you sure that they didn't like just think that there was like 15 other zeros that followed that one and they just miss, they misread it? Well, let's correct the record here. If you're one of those one in five who thought there were still dinosaurs a hundred years ago, fossil records and carbon dating put it more like 65 million years ago mm. is when we had dinosaurs in large numbers roaming the earth. But there's a lot of people, I think, who generally believe that we do still have dinosaurs on Earth. They just float around in the water now, typically in the swamps in Florida. Right. A gator is a descendant of a T-Rex. It has to be, right? Oh, God. I mean, I don't... Are they still doing research on those on those kinds of things? Is that No, I don't think happening? anybody is studying alligators and, and crocodiles. I don't yeah. think anybody is. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that surprises me that people... Don't we... Isn't that one of the things... That's one of the main things I remember learning as a little kid and thinking it was cool was the prehistoric times, the dinosaurs. And I went to a fucking Catholic school and we still learned about dinosaurs, I think, at one point. Yep. So anyway, whatever, that part aside, uh, I still find dinosaurs cool. I still find dinosaurs interesting. I love it. My daughter is now into dinosaurs, so we have a whole dinosaur collection and she's learning all the different kinds of dinosaurs and she's fucking into it, too. So I love it. The average adult can only name four different types of dinosaurs. Number one response across the board was the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. Almost half, when shown a picture, could not identify a Triceratops. What? Really? I like the Triceratops. What? That was a no fucking around kind of dinosaur. Triceratops is like, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. was a tri- And I did feel like that would be the most popular kind. So if you can't get a Triceratops right, then you probably can't get anything else right. I wonder how raptor factored in there. Because if a raptor wasn't one of those four in Ontario or anywhere in Canada, I'm going to be highly disappointed, yeah, basketball man. fans. Highly. Everybody knows what a velociraptor looks like. Everybody should know that. And you're absolutely right. If you're asked that question, you can't point out a raptor when you live in Canada, especially. Come on. Have you ever had a crush on someone at work? say yes, they have, according to a new poll. And then there was 4% who said they'd rather not talk about it, so I'm guessing that that was a scandalous situation. Oh, come on. Yeah, those are people who are either um, a manager of some kind that had a crush on one one of their employees, or maybe vice versa, an employee that had a crush on a manager and didn't want to talk about it, right? Yep. Men far more likely to say they've got a crush on somebody at work. 59%. To 48% of women. Yeah. You know, guys don't give a shit. Like, and I'm not talking about to every guy, but mainly overall, from my experiences in many different workplaces, men don't seem to care as much about the reciprocation, like what's going to happen to them if they start dating a coworker. They don't really, that's an after, that's an afterthought. Sure. They kind of, they go for it first and then, 
if it goes terribly wrong, they're like, nah, fuck, maybe in hindsight I shouldn't have done that. You know, they don't tend to think that way, you know? Uh, that's what I find anyway, so that doesn't surprise me. They say the higher the salary, the more likely you are to have a crush on someone at work, and that leads the researchers to believe that it's a lot of bosses that are crushing on their employees. We talked about this on our FM radio show today on 91.5 The Beat. It's remarkable how many people texted into the show to say that they did date someone that was their boss or a coworker, and many of them are still together today, or they did at least eventually go on to get married. Mm-hmm. It can work. It's just an awkward situation, isn't it? It's totally awkward. I mean, you, you do have to think about those things when you start dating someone. And, you know, when you're young, you don't really care as much. Like if you're working at, uh, here's a good example. I have a really close friends of mine who met and started working together at Zeller's many, many years ago, right? So that was her workplace crush and whatever. Now they're married and they have two kids. But, you know, you do run risks in more se- when you're at a more serious stage of your life. When you've entered that career, you run a lot of risks when you start date start dating someone that you work with especially if you like what you do right because Mm -hmm. you have to think of the cons as well and a lot of people when they're caught up in that crush and those butterflies they don't think about hey if this goes terribly wrong hmm what's my worst case scenario because i'll tell you it happens all the time that your worst case scenario will be somebody's one of the two of you got has to find another job or maybe get moved into a different department or you just hate your life every single day at work because you have to stare at them in the face every day or wh- how, you know, like there are definite cons to starting that up. You don't want it to stop you from being with like your soulmate. And thankfully, we do see some of that happening. But you do have to think about the cons, which I'm sure is the main thing that stops people. There's also a lot of people who would say that just because the highest salary earners are the ones more likely to develop a crush at work doesn't me- necessarily mean it's management. It could just mean the people who put in the most hours have the hardest time getting out to meet people. So they really only get exposed to the opposite sex at work. That's true. Yeah. You probably saw the video. A lot of people did. It was reposted on dozens and dozens of accounts yesterday. A teenager who spotted a bear in her backyard and her dog was barking at it. And it really looks like that bear was going to take the head right off that dog. There was a few different dogs in this video, but the woman, no concern at all for her own safety, wanted to save the dog, went and pushed the bear off the ledge. <laughs> you saw this, it's right? badass, of course. It's totally badass. Now she's talking. Listen to this. We made direct eye contact. I mean, we were in each other's faces. The dog that the the bear grabbed, she's the baby. I have to protect the baby. I sprint towards her, and in that split second, I decide to push the bear. Like, it was nothing, apparently. And when I push the bear, she falls back, and that's when my the dog she grabbed runs away, and I pick up my other dog, and I scram. Yes. You know, and even, even with... And evenly with a lot of people, their dog is their baby. And you fuck with my dog, right? Just as much as you fuck with my kid, I'm going to fuck you up. And I don't care that you're a fucking bear. I will attempt to fuck you up. And and I was so I was super impressed. I was wondering actually what I would do in that kind of scenario because the bear 
right before she comes along and pushes this thing, is kind of just swatting at the dog every now and again. And it think, was more like a get the fuck out of here. Yeah, kind of, thing. kind of like you know they were kind of I, sh- I say light taps or swaps, but really when we're talking about a bear, I'm sure it's very very powerful. And and she just said fuck it and charged at it. And I bet you in that moment, confidence was probably key. The bear looked up like. What are you fucking doing? Like, what do you think you're doing? I'm a bear. And didn't really expect her to shove him or her, I don't know if the bear was female, off the fucking ledge. I thought that was incredible. And I, and I hope that if that was me in that scenario, that I would be able to do the same thing. Like, hell no, you're not going to take the life of a puppy today. Not on my watch. Nope. What if the bear wasn't really doing anything wrong? Like, bears do what bears do, but it technically hadn't hurt anybody yet. It was probably shocked, like... You know, I, I don't know you, but well, I'm a bear and you probably shouldn't fuck with me. Like, think, I'm not going to hurt you or your dogs, but, like, fuck off. You just pushed me off the ledge. It's totally possible that the bear just wanted to play. And I don't even know the age of the bear. I don't know how much we know about the bear. But let's say the bear was quite a young one and uh, a little cub, if you will, and was just kind of playing and trying to be playful with the dogs and didn't understand how to interact with dogs because that was a first experience. Even then, though, I thought she did well. I mean, someone could have easily tried to shoot the bear, you know, but no, she just shoved a bear off a ledge. The bear fine it's okay i hate it when you hear a story like that that oh they ended up shooting the bear yeah so fucking frustrating yeah it could have ended a lot differently and thankfully i mean did we hear what happened afterward the bear just kind of left and that was that yeah we inconvenienced it greatly and it said fuck this i'm out of here see i'd rather that i love i love everything about the story because of that nobody got hurt it's kind of funny it ended up being a great little viral video. Uh, she gets her 15 minutes of fame and well-deserved. Obviously, her dogs should fucking love her. Or And I don't know if it's all her dogs. I know one of them was for sure. That's that's a fantastic story all around. Because I'd rather that than hear that, oh, Bear was in, went to another neighborhood and then the fucking someone shot it. Like, give me a break. So everyone's fine. It's good. One other thing. This is mainly for that woman's dogs. You owe her. Yeah. If she says sit, or stay, or roll over, you better do that fucking quick. Like, no hesitation at all. You owe your life to that person, so you play ball from now on. You good puppy. Last thing I want to talk about here is uh, an incident that happened recently at Disney World. It's a woman on TikTok who's actually calling this a hack to get a free shirt at Disney World. (gasps) Okay, do tell. I like free things. So she showed up. And her outfit violated the Disney dress code because she had some under boob showing. Oh. So the park staff went up to her and they're like, hey, you can see the bottom of your tits. So here's the deal. Here's a $50 <laughs> gift card. Go to the gift shop and get a new shirt and everything's cool. Well, she went into the gift shop and the shirt she liked was actually 75 And the manager was like, just put the under boob away and here you go. Just take the $75 one. She got a $75 t-shirt because she showed up at Disney with underboob showing. So, so is she basically encouraging, hang on a second. So is she basically encouraging people to now show a little underboob? And I'm not sure what their deal is with cleavage or if it's just underboob that really, really just hurts their hearts to see. But if you do that, then just get yourself a free t-shirt. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Her, here's her explaining it. Okay, guys, new Disney hack. Um, if you're wearing a shirt that shows a little underboob, they'll write you a ticket when you first enter Magic Kingdom. I'm not sure about the other parks, but um, they'll write you a ticket so you can get a free shirt at the nearest gift shop. I just got a $75 t-shirt just because I was wearing a shirt that was exposing my underboob a little bit. So, yeah, if you want free Disney shirts, that's the hack. I really like underboob, and now it's paying off. So I think this is wonderful. <laughs> I don't know why. How, I, I, okay, that's and to each their own. 
But at Disney, I mean, it is an interesting place to show off some underboob, no? Yeah, a little weird, a little weird. Like, there's that cool place that you go to. I know in Universal there is. got City Walk. So I assume at Disney you're going to have your own kind of more adult-friendly nightlife experience. Underboob should be fine there. But if you're walking around the Disney park and there's little kids, I understand where they're coming from, and it's nice that they'll credit you for it. But how many people will be willing, just for a free T-shirt, to show some underboob? Like, this is interesting. I'd do it. Yeah. For the cost of a t-shirt, I can show off the underside of my titties. I think so. You know what you should do? Or or just go straight to some booby tassels, like just some nipple tassels or something like that. And if you walk around with that, see what happens. They might give you a free t-shirt too. (laughs) They would probably give me a sweatshirt. Like, cover up, you fat fuck. (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. But it's 47 degrees with humidity here in Florida. No, fuck this. Wear a sweater. We don't even want to see your arms. Cover you know up, what? asshole. You, no, you're the new Mickey Mouse. Suit up. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know, everybody. No underboob at Disney World. It's a very goofy policy, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> even if they're big or mini. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Have yourselves a fantastic day. Good luck to... Doug, Steve, and Christine today. I'm sure whatever happens, it will not be popular, and we will break it down with audio from today's news conference in tomorrow's After Nine. Those who are fully vaccinated do not have to wear masks to the movies, but you don't have to show proof. It's done on the honor system, which has worked so well for movies for decades. I can't even imagine sneaking into one of those. The TSA screened more than 7 million people over the holiday weekend. And that's another funny thing, because you can get on a flight unvaccinated, no problem. But God forbid you bring a full-size bottle of shampoo, you're going down. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.